superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. To the Rich Eisen Show, everybody. I am not Rich Eisen. What? What? Nope. Nope. My name is Ryan Leaf. What up, though? And I'm back, baby. Yeah. (laughs) What's up, brother? It's been a while. It's been a while. It's been a while. Big, big week of sports. Big weekend we just had. Uh, We got a great show for you. Uh, Friend of the show, friend of mine, Joe McHale, is going to join us in the first hour, talk a little bit about what he's up to. He does everything, really. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just everything. If you need him for bar mitzvahs, Mm -hmm. you know, comedy shows, uh, maybe to be like a a doula in the, uh, in the, uh, in the room when you have your baby. Yeah. Yeah, Everything. (laughs) Everything. He's, he's. He's capable. He's a utility guy, kind of like a, midwife. Uh, a DH. Okay. You know, DH, first base. Five-tool player. Five-tool player. <laughs> Mitchell Schwartz is going to join us, talk all things Chiefs. He's a former All-Pro, of course, left tackle or right tackle for the Kansas City Chiefs. He's going to join us, talk us a little bit through what went on last week, what to expect this week. Eric Wood, former Buffalo Bill, going to talk about that matchup as well. I have a very interesting take in all that on what goes on between the Bills and and the Bengals. Best game of the weekend coming up, most likely? Chiefs-Bills, best game of the weekend, yeah. Yeah, yeah, by far. I think you and I have had this conversation. Uh, whoever wins that game may be the representative of at least the AFC champion, AFC, AFC in the Super Bowl and probably the Super Bowl champion in, in a lot of people's opinions. Also, Kayla Anderson, first and foremost, former Coug. All right, oh, former Washington okay. State graduate, oh, okay, uh, and WKRN in Nashville. She she's got the Tennessee Titans on lockdown there. She's been covering them like crazy for the last year. We want to get a little bit into that because we haven't talked about the Titans. Nobody's talking about nobody's that. talking about it. And I wonder sometimes after last year, you know, when the seven teams from each conference went to the playoffs, what do we do with that one team that gets the bye? Now they get the bye, they get the rest. But we kind of forget about him. Yeah. Derrick Henry's coming back. Oh, baby. This defense is bonkers good all year long. Kevin Byard and what they've been able to do up front. So why in anybody else's mindset would you think that Tennessee doesn't just completely exploit and beat down a Bengals team? I'm of the mindset that it's going to be a Bills Bengals AFC championship. Really? Okay. And that's interesting because both road teams. Both road teams. Now, I think the Bills may be playing as good as anybody right now. Yeah. 
I don't know what to take away from the beatdown against New England. There are some games that were played last weekend, guys, that I thought, like, I'm not going to take too much stock in what the Chiefs look like against a, a very, very poor Pittsburgh Steelers team. Right, right, right. So I'm not, I'm not looking at the Chiefs going, oh, man, they're back. They're unbeatable sure, now. Sure. Mahomes threw five touchdowns. It's, it is what it is. I'm not, I'm not that. Yeah, because that a quarter and a half, you know, that game 7 nothing Pittsburgh, thanks to a defensive kind of fluke defensive touchdown by who's going to be the defensive player of the year, you know, T.J. Watt, and then, bam, turn it on. They score five touchdowns in ten minutes. Yeah, they are they are streaky as hell, and uh, and when they get going, boy, do they get going. Yeah. Now on the other side of that coin, the Bills against the Patriots. I had more respect for the Patriots, but I've been telling this to all Patriots fans all year long that a you can't get behind at any point in a game. Right now, with the skill position players you have, you cannot play from behind, and right. you can't turn it over. Those are the two things as a Patriots team you cannot do. And it's exactly what they did in that football game. They got behind and they turned it over. What do you think about that interception that Micah Hyde made? How much of a different football game is that if it's 7-7? Well, we we were talking about that on on Monday too, Ryan, is that I don't even look at that play specifically, even though it was one of the most tremendous defensive plays you'll see all year. I think about the play a couple – plays before where Brandon Bolden is just wide open on the 25 with room to run and the ball hits him right in the gut. Mac Jones makes a nice play to escape the rush and lob it out to him right through the bread basket. I mean, I think if Bolden catches that play, you're looking at at least a 7-3 game. Also, Nikhil Harry wasn't going to catch that anyway. I mean, let's be, let's, let's be honest. Like That guy's been a disaster, his whole Patriots tender. But, but it was Aguilar, wasn't it? No, it was Nikhil Harry. For the touchdown? I believe so. I think it was Aguilar. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. But either seven, way. Seven seven. I, I just think it's delaying a different game seven no, seven. No, I don't okay. think so. I think it's delaying the inevitable. I think Josh Allen is operating on the highest level we've seen Josh Allen uh play right now. Uh the Bills defense is absolutely stout. And uh, as we've seen from the Patriots all year, uh they're not designed to be able to come back in games yep. when down more than two scores. So you know, once it got to twenty-one, that game was a wrap. Yeah, it. They just they. The game plan is for that team. You got to get out to a big lead, or not necessarily a big lead, just a lead to just hold that, lead to rush can, the football, run, yeah, play the defense, rush the passer. They just yeah. in the games they lost down the stretch, they couldn't do that. All right, I want to hear from you guys today. Uh, I really do. I want to hear anything you have to say about the teams that are still in the playoffs, the teams that just went out of the playoffs, teams that are right on the verge of getting in the playoffs. I know you, LA. Chargers fans out there think that the Chargers certainly would have given the Chiefs a different kind of run for their money in that first playoff game or or wherever they got into whoever they played against. Uh, give us a call, 844-204-RICH. That's 844-204-7424. Anything football-related about your team, uh, we want to throw some shade on one of your your buddies' teams going into the playoffs, where, where are we at here? You know, It's been a tough, rough Couple days for our boy TJ over here. Has it though? Well, it just in, just in terms of your team choked again. Yeah, you know oh what I mean, my God. but that's that's the cycle you live in, right? Look, man, the vicious cycle. Yeah, it's like <laughs> wash, rinse, repeat. Yeah, I'm used to it. You you made a you made a comment to me before the show about how Jerry Jones shook your hand, and it's like <laughs> it's like the mafia. Yeah, like what am I supposed to do? Right? Like, what are you supposed to do? You're you're in. 
I'm a Pittsburgh Steelers fan since I since I you know since I came out of the womb, right? Mm-hmm. I was running around in Lewis Lips jerseys and watching Terry Bradshaw. Louis Lips. <laughs> yeah. That that's that's me. So I knew this year was going to be tough. If you guys recall, we did the 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 draft day and the day after the draft show yeah. back in April. Oh, you blew them up. Yeah. And the fact that they got to the playoffs, I mean, that just speaks volumes. To how bad the AFC was. That and how good Mike Tomlin is. I like that. You know what? I haven't haven't heard that one. Though I've been saying stuff like that when I said, "Hey, if you're in the AFC, just find just find a way to get into the tournament. Yeah, just just find a way. Because you could be playing your best football at the end of the year, and maybe a two, three, or four seed. And that's the likes of the Bengals right now, and the Bills. I believe that's why I have a lot of faith in now. I want you out there again. Eight eight four four two zero four rich. Eight four four two zero four rich. You guys call in, talk me off this ledge. Show me that Tennessee off a of bye week. Derrick Henry coming back. The defense playing like they are. Uh, a scheme that's going to shut down Joe Burrow in his first playoffs. They don't have a shot. Talk me off this ledge before uh, before the, the call to the bookies come here on on Friday. All right. <laughs> I, I I can't make a mistake that costs my family. Uh, you know, their nest egg. No, I've been making mistakes. Uh, so last time I was here, uh, I was here as a guest and we were promoting um, my new podcast bust, which by the way, aired its final chapter yesterday. Spoiler uh, alert. He gets out of jail. I got out of jail. I'm on the Rich Eisen show. Hey. <laughs> Sorry if you didn't know the ending of that story, <laughs> but it's a good listen. A lot of people have, uh, Ten episodes down. Take a listen there. But when I was here last time, you guys were talking to me about what, what we were doing for the holidays and plans, and I was headed to London. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? So I've spent the last month in uh, jolly old England. I don't know what that kind of accent just was. I think that was like that was like a leprechaun um, stroke victim, I think, right there. Um, it was fun. We'd gone 19 months here in the U.S. without contracting covid Three days in, in, in London, we, uh, I say we, I got it, and then came home and proceeded to give it to my whole family. Oh. <laughs> so we were then quarantined uh, over Christmas together in a two-bedroom flat in, in Great Britain. So I would say it was a poor time, but it was with my family, and we got to spend five days together with a little tree, decorated the house. I think it ended up being pretty darn good. Symptoms were mild, clearly for her and for my son. A little different for me because of my residual brain tumor and the fact that it affected my breathing and, and swallowing and stuff like that. But really, you know, being vaccinated was huge. I, mean, I, I really yeah, do believe yeah, that. Obviously. And uh, once we got done, you know, I got to be the NFL analyst. Now, over in Great Britain, it's on Sky Sports, which is an affiliate of NBC Sports and, and works hand-in-hand with the NFL. And and what they do over there, essentially, is it's like the English version of the red zone. So you spend the whole day. So, like, we start at 10 a.m. local here, which is 6 p.m. local there. And you go until 1 in the morning. Just Andrew Siliano in it, if that's a word. You just made it one. I just made it one. And uh, it was a lot of fun. Got really inundated with NFL football and was super excited for the playoffs to start little back note there to the trip um we did there was no we couldn't find any childcare while we were there so <laughs> we couldn't do uh any adult 
things. Everything was child oriented, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we did the Peppa Pig uh, bus tour, which was <laughs> high tea. We had huge. I'm Peppa Pig. Yes, we went to a Peppa Pig uh, play, live action play. Wow, he loved it. Right, <laughs> we went to the Harry Potter exhibition, and he got to make his own wand. <laughs> now I'm going to preface this story. We've taken my son to Disneyland. Mm-hmm. And we were in the Star Wars exhibit, and we walked in the back to take pictures with some of the characters, and in walked Darth Vader. Now, I'm holding my son at the time, and he immediately just kind of grasped me, you know, out of fear because of, you know. Because it's Darth Vader. He he felt the the presence of the dark side. Right. But immediately when Darth Vader started speaking to him, he said, you you will come to the dark side. (laughs) And my son immediately reached his hands out like, yes, yes. (laughs) I don't know if he felt so scared about it. But it was really simple. I didn't think about it. And I thought maybe that's just a one-off. Join me. That's just a one-off. But no, we're in the wand-making class. The the wizard who was, was helping us make the wands walks over to my four-year-old son and says, Hey, you have a choice. Do you want to uh, dark magic or light magic? And before light magic could even come out of the man's mouth, my son said, Dark magic. <laughs> so... Uh, that that's that's the path that's the path he's on. He's on a Voldemort uh, Darth Vader path right now when it comes to uh, character uh, Comic Con type of stuff. Strong, very strong, very strong with that one, young very Padawan. Strong. Yeah, very strong. The force, Padawan. force is strong with him. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's the but dark this one, side. The force is strong. Huh? It's not going to help him. He's six foot nine too. <laughs> right, right. He could play hey, Chewbacca. <laughs> what if Chewbacca was on the dark side? Well, it happened. Ha- it happened. Yeah. Spoiler. Anybody watching Boba Fett? Like no, I didn't. No, yeah. Okay. I'm I'm about to. So oh, I, I had okay. a feeling. I saw something. I went, oh, oh no. that's interesting. Yeah. Well, you had. There's like, a there's a dark Wookiee. Yeah. Coming. There had to have been yeah. like oh. me. Yeah. All Wookies couldn't have been like Chewbacca. There had to have been some. I thought he was the only one. No. no. Well, you think he just? How did the, you think did they're you watch just any one? Of the movies? You didn't watch it at all, did you? Oh. No star. Not a Star Wars fan. No, I'm a Star Wars fan, but what do you mean? How'd you, he, he was the only Wookiee in the in the series. No. Well, he, he was the only one that kicked it with Han Solo, but what do you think? He just uh, appeared out of thin yeah, air? one of one. <laughs> It'd be great if he was, and for a yeah. while you thought he was until all of a sudden you watched uh, um, Yoda flying around with uh, just a, a army full of Wookiees fighting the Clone Wars. I don't remember that one. I'm, I'm correcting that, right? I believe. I, I, the early I, movies are just kind of a wash. Yeah, the the early ones that came out later. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But yeah, of course, there's definitely. Well, anyway, yeah, I go watch Boba Fett, and you'll realize there's there is a dark Wookiee. Hmm. Everybody, there you go. There is a dark Wookiee. Bummer. Um, <laughs> so that that's that's my last month. It was quite entertaining. No, Ryan, I've noticed that you you didn't pick up an English accent, which is a little bit like I don't know. Yeah, I'm, Madonna I'm lived there for like a week, and all yeah. of a sudden she's British. And I love. You know what I say now? I do say cheers, and I do say mate a lot. Do you say Gavna? Yeah, I say cheers, mate. Tea? Did you take to the tea? Didn't no, take... no, I'm. Uh, you like Ted Lasso I'm with Ted the Lasso tea? With the tea yeah. <laughs> Speaking of which. Uh, I dressed in black a lot. I tried to, you know, pull the uh, dark Roy gloomy. Kent. It's gloomy okay. there. The Roy the Kent look. Yeah. Uh, at Sky Sports. But Were you cursing on Sky Sports? No, I did say. <laughs> listen to this. During the broadcast, I said Aaron Rodgers was pissed off. Oh. And uh, my. You got to talk to? My co-host looked over at me and then had to apologize to the audience. Apparently, pissed 
is a no-no on TV in, in Great Britain. Oh. I was not forewarned, therefore I did not get in any trouble. Why would why would you have been forewarned? Uh, but, well, uh, they should have forewarned him the words that he couldn't say, probably. I guess so, that's yeah. true. That seemed timid. I mean, that seemed tame to me in terms of yeah. a word. Yeah, like, think about that, because there's other words that they say over there that, like, words that... I can't even say the word. Yeah, we, can, we would never say but yeah, it. And they say it as like a term of endearment. Like you right. call somebody that word here and it's like you might as well just, you know, get ready to throw from the shoulders. Like, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed the fact that it's English speaking, of course, uh, whatever different um, words are used. Fish we, and chips. Did you eat them? We ate some fish and chips. Nice. We had we we lived right down on the, the Thames on the river. OK. We walked up and down the river you had a ton. To, like you know, throw yourself into the culture. We did, and we—I mean, we didn't stay in a hotel. I think the biggest part was we stayed like in an apartment. We had our own apartment, so we kind of had to get our own groceries and do just the whole thing in our family. That's cool. As there for a month, and my son got—I mean, I never got to experience anything like that, right? My son—I hope he remembers. We took him to a uh, also to a, a winter wonderland, kind of like a. Uh, Christmas festival with with rides and and games. It was like a big fair, you know, uh, bad food. I will say this too, like that, like <laughs> I only gained ten pounds while I was over there. I really thought when I got on the scale when I got home I was going to be, you know, halfway back to where I started <laughs> because there, it, it is like it's just seventy. <laughs> yeah, it's like I, that's what I thought I was going to get to. I thought it was going to be like 270 when I got back. and uh, But I kept fitting into the clothes that I was in at 235. I'm going, okay, okay. At least, not bad, not you know, bad. It's, not bad, not, not stretching the fabric. Maybe it's in my face. I don't, I don't know. Um, but anyway, uh, the food is carb-tastic. We'll just put it that way. Carb-tastic. I, I, my wife told me that I kept uh, one local bakery in, in business over the holidays. <laughs> Wenzel's, Wenzel's the baker in, in Chiswick. Uh, Great Britain, uh, I'm sorry since I've left you guys, your profits have been down a, a ton. Um, it was it was a wonderful trip. I'm glad we did it. Happy to be back right in time for the playoffs. Yeah, let's talk football. Let's do it. Uh, everything's leading up to this, to the Super Bowl here in Los Angeles. Uh, it's going to be a crazy, crazy show here in L.A. Everything's spread out because L.A. is such a you know spread out type of city. It'll be very interesting to see what events and things that go on, but the city's going to be live. And there was some hesitation, right? Wasn't it about a week ago, two weeks ago? Yeah, they were talking about maybe if it gets super bad, you know, moving it to Dallas or what have you. But no, all systems go uh, here in Los Angeles. It's going to be fun. How about how about Jerry Jones? He'd love that deal, right? <laughs> get booted out of the playoffs, host the Super Bowl. Right. <laughs> By the way, you're you're. Face is on the Wenzel's, the Baker's homepage right now. Is it? I like it. I like it. (laughs) I like it. Um, As for um, other sports, as for the NBA, you guys were talking about it a little bit before the show. I haven't watched too much. It hasn't interested me at all. I will say living in Los Angeles, though, you're constantly berated by the talk around Frank Vogel and what that means every single night he goes out and coaches <laughs> um is he coaching for his job yep. is this one of those instances where lebron has that kind of pull like he did in cleveland where he got a guy fired early season you know transplants tyrone Lou, and they go on to win a, a championship type of mentality or is it just it is what it is and 
Frank Vogel's teams in Indianapolis played extremely good defense, and the Lakers don't play any defense. So his style doesn't work with this team anymore because LeBron's playing still at a very, very high level. Uh, yeah, he's playing well. All the pieces that uh, he brought in, I mean, he's the de facto GM. All the guys that he brought in just doesn't work. doesn't fit. Uh, too old, too slow, not enough shooters, and uh, it's just not working. Uh, they're a 500 team. They're going to be a 500 team all year, and they'll probably get bounced in the first round of whatever playoff, whether they're in the playing game or whether they make it uh, to, the, to the real deal. So uh, expectations should be very low for Lakers fans, which – as we know, TJ, they're not. <laughs> <laughs> and what do you do then? That's the bigger question, right? Uh, we have one of those questions that we're going to ask our first guest, Joe McHale, here in about 20 minutes. What do the Seattle Seahawks do? I've been saying for this entire offseason for them so far is that nothing's changed in there, right? Uh, they made the changes. They, they outed uh, Norton as defensive coordinator. Yep. They're going to move on from there. I'd go get Vic Fangio if I'm Pete Carroll. I, I mean, I don't know. They're look. They're talking to the defensive coordinator from Denver, and I'm like, "Well, go get the go get the guy that bought the groceries, right? <laughs> Who built that? Uh, we'll see. But uh, we'll get to a little bit more of that when we uh, when we come back. But first, you wanted this year's celebrations to be perfect, the perfect gifts for the whole family, and the perfect meal for everyone gathered around the table. But the holidays can be expensive. Navy Federal Credit Union helps you take control of your finances after the holidays. You can get a low intro APR on their Platinum credit card. It's the lowest rate card, and it's a great tool to pay down debt. And beyond the holidays, Navy, Navy Federal Credit Union even has multiple savings and investing options to help you get closer to your financial goals. They offer digital tools and educational resources to help your decisions. With Navy Federal, you can automate your savings and investing to put your money to work for you, even as you sleep. Love when I make money when I sleep, don't you guys? No, absolutely. Love it. <laughs> Plus, you can buy fractional shares. Learn more at NavyFederal.org. At Navy Federal, our members are our mission. Message and data rates may apply. Savings products insured by NCUA investment options are available through Navy Federal Investment Services are not insured by NCUA. We'll be right back. It's the Rich Eisen Show. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. This is the Rich Eisen Show. On behalf of New England fans everywhere, including the gentleman to my left, who you know is a New England fan, and also my wife. I turned my back to him. No, I understand you did. <laughs> <laughs> wow. The, the difference is the tuck. Do you not believe the tuck rule was appropriately applied as it was written in the rule book? 
I do not. I do not. I feel like <clears throat> here's a here's a interesting thing about it, the way I think about it. Mm-hmm. I watch the news a lot. You know, a lot of times you'll have, you know, two economists on t- on television. And they'll be talking about their economy. One will say the t- economy is doing great. Mm-hmm. And one will say it's in the tank. But you're like, oh, these are economists. They both have the same facts and figures, same numbers. How can they have differences of opinion, right? Two plus two is four. Right? Mm-hmm. Two plus two is four? Yes. Correct. We're all in agreement. Right. So when you look at the missed call... If you ask 100% of Saints fans, 100% of uh, Rams fans should have been called, everybody would say, yes. Yes. Two plus two is four. Mm-hmm. In our case, two plus two mm-hmm. is still four, but they added one. So two plus two equaled five. Why? Mm-hmm. Because they were able to add their own interpretation into it. So they took a play. Two plus two is four, mm-hmm. a fumble. They added their own interpretation and made it into uh, incomplete pass. Because so, they ruled it a fumble and came back and looked at it. He, he's just he in was, the process of able, bringing it down was, when you hit it. He was able to take the rule and justify why he overturned it. So if, I, so if me and you were in a court of law mm-hmm. and you're arguing that his arm was going forward, mm-hmm. I would say, well, show me the part where his arm's going forward. You would show the tape, you see his arm going forward, and then you'd bring it back. And then I say, Well, tell me when did he fumble? Did he fumble while his arm was going forward? And you would have to tell me, uh, no. He brought it when he brought it back into his body. Hence the tuck rule. Correct? Yes. Okay. So was he bringing it back into his body or was it into his body? So there's, there's, there's a technicality to it. Hey, look, so the, he's not, he wasn't bringing the ball back into his body. When I hit him, he had it, both hands on the ball. It's in his body. He ain't bringing it back into his body. It's a fumble. Two plus two is four, unless you add one. See, and then I, it's five. See, I thought you meant two plus two is five because that's so many Super Bowls Tom Brady has won. Oh. I like that. I can dig it. I can dig it. I can dig it. I, I, I love the fact that he's won five Super Bowls. I'm happy, and I'm actually happy for him. This guy. <laughs> the fact that the fact that he, he's still here, you know, is mind blowing. Oh, I love him. <laughs> oh. Welcome back, everybody, to the Rich Eisen Show. I got I to gotta tell you. If, you. if you were watching that on Peacock, everybody. That's fantastic. Old Charles Woodson had some had some. Had some heat for you. So that that was uh, not the first time I met Charles Woodson. So the first time I ever met him uh, was during our old podcast days at NFL Network, maybe 2012, something like that. We were in the little studio uh, in the other building, Mike. Remember that? Yep. And uh, Charles one. came up uh, to do an in-studio thing in the offseason. And Rich just immediately threw me under the bus. Hey, this is my, my buddy Chris. He's going to be here, too. He's a big Patriots fan. <laughs> Charles Woodson looks at me looks back at Rich and says, well, what is he doing here then? Like, <laughs> and, and the thing is, is like tongue in cheek when I say this, though, but I, I kind of feel bad for Charles and, and Raiders fans because they really believe that they got screwed. They and did. They really believe that they, the league had this like weird conspiracy to push the Patriots forward and kind of build this dynasty. And like, I, I just I, I feel bad that, that that's what you really think, because it was the rule. It was interpreted correctly. 
and they changed the rule because are, they thought it was so, bad. So let's just like deal are, with it, move on, go to therapy, do whatever you got to do. Like it's not going to change the fact that on no, that day, no, none of it's going to change the fact everything that you're was born. Like that's a fumble. And what do you mean? That was a fumble. That was an incomplete pass. No, it was not. What are you talking, are you talking about? A fumble, man. Back then. What are you talking about? The rule was. You are, yeah. The rule was. Yeah, tell me the, explain this to me. Give it to me right now. <laughs> the rule black. was he was passing, but then he's tucking it back in, and the ball came discharged. According to the rule at the time in 2002 when it happened, 20 years ago today. Yeah. Incomplete pass. They reviewed it. And they correctly inter- determined that it was an incomplete pass. Yeah, because they never reviewed and if you and have a problem wrong. with it, he wasn't the- returning it to a tucked position. It was tucked. What do you mean? He had the ball in two hands. No, he was bringing it back into okay. his body. All right. Well, we're going to agree to disagree here, uh, <laughs> like any real solid marriage. And then Adam Vettatore, if Dan and Terry made the kick in the snow. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. To send it to overtime, made the kick in overtime oh, to no. win the game. I don't. I don't think that. I don't think necessarily. Adam Vinatieri should have been immediately inducted into the Hall of Fame right then. Who Vinatieri? Like Im- immediately after the game. He was wasn't. Over. Immediately after the game was over, gold jacket. Yeah. I oh, mean, on the on the Super Bowl. No, no in the, on the, the on the no, snow no, game. In, in the, the snow Super game. Bowl. In the Super Bowl too. Both yeah. Of them. Well, he became a, the clutchest kicker in New England Patriots history. And then he won another couple. Beat the uh, beat him in the Super Bowl. And did it? Kicked and another one against. And did uh, it again against Carolina. Yeah. Yep. So I mean, yeah. I I don't for one second believe that. New England doesn't win that game. It may have been much harder if they give up the football there. I, I still think that this dynasty is it wasn't it wasn't going to be derailed by the <laughs> Oakland Raiders there at that time. Everybody, it may have. Uh, no, if they didn't win the Super Bowl that year, they were still going to win in uh, 03 and 04. Yeah, Those I mean they were exceptionally dominant. good. Tom Brady was on his way to being the greatest of all time. I just don't think it was a fumble, or I, I don't think it, I, I think it was a fumble. I'm sorry. And uh, the interpretation of the rule within it. I liked Charles's explanation there. Because he's got both hands on the ball right there. That's a perfect, perfect view of it. Well, look, if you snapshot and slow-mo everything, you can make it look however your viewpoint is. I'm not making it look like anything right now. <laughs> it's looking like he's got two hands on the ball. That's... Well, he had already brought it back in, right. uh, thus uh, completing the tuck. Uh, you know, in, in making it so the you rule sound like a could be that's not in, being paid enough money to make up a real good <laughs> yeah. case. I correctly interpreted. You see, what had happened was <laughs> I got a drop. It's not a lie. <laughs> if you but believe, but it's not a lie. Like that was the rule, and then they conferred, and then the rule was correctly interpreted. Yeah, so take I mean, issue with the rule, which ended up getting changed. Like. TJ with his Cowboys and Dak. I mean, that uh, and Dez. Dez, I meant Dez. Sorry, yes. Yeah, the Dez, Dez play. That got changed, Dez too. That right? got changed. Yeah. That was a debacle. They won, they win that game. Yes, they do. Sometimes, as Tony Romo laid out in the broadcast the other day, you know, there are just plays that, that, you, that, that don't go your way, and they're your only shot. It was, it was his only shot when you look back on it. And you're in a position... The Cowboys are in right now where, you know, we'll get into this more when we have some more time down the line. But Dan Quinn and Kellen Moore both interviewing constantly for jobs right now. I, I like Dan Quinn as a head coach. I really do. But in his biggest moment, he he, he choked bigger than anybody, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's got to be at the, the forefront of your interviewing <laughs> process, like, you know, is he getting asked about that in interviews? You think I, you have to like what? I thought we were putting that on the OC though. 
Well, Kyle Shanahan yeah. clearly got a job after. That's what I'm saying. So, like, head coach has if, head, if Kyle Shanahan calls a play there that was inexplicable, Dan Quinn gets on his earpiece and says, "Kyle, run the ball." Take a knee. I don't care. Get me a field goal and get us up to 31 points. They don't have enough time to get back in this game. I don't care what they do. But instead, they don't do that, right? And Kyle Shanahan wasn't asked that question, right? Because guess what? He really tried to give the Cowboys the game on Sunday. Really tried to give it to him. Letting Jimmy Garoppolo roll out to his right there and throw the ball and give it. I mean, just gave him life. Like, thank God. We talked about it, too. Like, thank then, God. Why, why do you need that to? George Kittle didn't catch the ball. Right. And why do you need to motion Trent Williams to the right side? <laughs> a tackle who doesn't go in. Mo- why do you have to do that in that moment? Just line the big fellow up. Jump over the half an inch you need for the first down. Game over. But you just get tricky. And I think we've seen a lot of that this postseason where offensive and offensive game planners are scheming and scheming and scheming instead of looking out to the right and seeing your first round overall draft pick Devonte smith cd lamb with a 12 yard cushion and you don't just throw them the route tree right kyle shanahan why move them over there you're not doing anything that moment everybody in the whole stadium Everybody watching on TV, the 40 million people, by the way, who watch this game on TV, you're going to sneak it. Everybody knows. So don't make it more complicated. Instead, you cost him five yards. Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't have the wherewithal to look down the line of scrimmage, get him set before he snaps it. And then you just win the game. You take two knees and the game's over. over. Instead, you... You allow the Dallas Cowboys to do what the Dallas Cowboys do. And that's kind of what TJ's point, you know, this week talking about this game was that uh, the Cowboys shouldn't have been in a position that they were in with 40 seconds to go because the game should have been over. The 49ers should have slammed the door and it should have never came to, you know, possible clock controversy and what have you, what have you. Uh, That will be an interesting matchup against the Green Bay Packers this weekend because you don't know about Bosa or Warner on their injuries and those two are the best defensive players for that team. Now, Debo Samuel's going to be ready to go, and that dude is a freak. We'll see. But next, we're going to stay in the NFC West, talk a little Seattle Seahawks with our good friend Joel McHale, who uh, pretty much does anything and everything. Actor, comedian, host, uh, and just all around good guy. When we come back, you're listening to The Rich Eisen Show. I'm Ryan Leaf. We'll be right back. This is the Rich Eisen Show. You're in Washington. Who's your uh, coach? Coach Don James. So the legendary yes. Don James. So I was, How would he have Well, he that? wouldn't really make eye contact with me because I was a walk-on, and we were uh, cattle, and uh, we were the chaff. We were cannon fodder. Right. And, uh, but when uh, if you did something good, yes. then he'd be like, hey, that was good. He stood up in a booth because he uh, he tried to watch the whole practice. So I, as as everyone knows, I was the worst player in Washington well, history. We're looking at a shot of you standing in front of the yeah. Rose Bowl right that, now. See, that's what? the problem is that I forgot my pads. And uh, <laughs> so they were like, go back out to the bus and get them. And then they got that photo of me. Yeah, you're in your you're in your uniform minus pads and what looks like practice shorts. Uh, yeah, that, so, was, that just, was not game day itself then, right? No, there would have been a lot more people around. Uh, 
And so, yeah, that's as close as I got to playing. Damn. I was in the stadium, but no, I wasn't. Uh, you never even got in the game? Not even like no, no, Rudy? I was, like I, not I, even like a, a Rudy moment for you at any point? No, they, uh, they Rudy hadn't come out yet, uh, <laughs> so they didn't know about that moment. <laughs> and as soon as that movie came out, I was like, oh, missed my shot. Yeah. Uh, no, I was, I play, I, I walked on and I was awful. And then they redshirted me my second year. And then I quit because that's what you do to make it in Hollywood. You, you, you quit jobs, quit your, uh, no. red, your red shirt. I season. could, I, I knew that I needed, I was no, I, uh, it was, uh, no. Now you were a tight end, right? Were you yes. Tight end? The two tight ends in front of me and the other eight in front of me, but yes. the two were, it was Mark Bruner and Ernie Conwell who are, <laughs> Uh, they look like Greek gods and Ernie was cleaning and jerking 365 when he was a 19 year old. So he, he could bench 450 as a freshman and I ran screaming and crying a lot on the field. And that's why no one could tackle me because I felt bad. I was like, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me. Uh, that's usually I did see one of the reasons I knew I should quit. Yes. Uh, I needed to get, cause I was doing theater at night. Thank you. And, uh, I saw this player, a huge, scary defensive player, dislocate his hip. Oh. And so his leg was just sitting out and to the side. And I was like, this, I need, I'm going to get hurt out here. Mm-hmm. This is dangerous. And I, I, I love doing it, but I, I didn't, I knew I wasn't going to be able to continue doing it. So I said, mm. uh, I need to get some headshots. What was your 40 time? Joel Four, six, five. Damn. Yeah. For a tight end? That's- that was, uh, Ernie ran a four, five. Four. He was, and he was 265. I was 245. Oh, that, that was the one I could run fast because, again, it was all f- uh, fight or flight. Welcome back, everybody, to the Rich Eisen Show. I am Ryan Leaf, filling in for Rich. Got the crew here, TJ. What up, am I Ryan? right? Michael Del Tufo on Good the ones and twos. Chris Ryan. Brockman. Playing the hot corner over there. What's up? So uh, when I when I get asked to do this show, I I reach out to to some friends uh, to to come on and and be a part of it as well. And and I'll send out a few texts. And sometimes I get texts returned <laughs> that says, you know, I always shoot one to Peyton. Hey, Peyton, I'm yep. uh, I'm going on Rich's show. Want to come on for a few minutes? And sometimes I get a text back that says, ah, busy, can't do it. Sure. Uh, not no response this week. I, he's busy. You know, well, they did a Manning cast on yeah. Monday. It would, also, it would actually be hilarious if he did write you back and came on since like Rich can't get him to come on. <laughs> <laughs> that would be huge. It would be really funny for that. Well, yeah. for that. Rich doesn't have the history with Peyton. Then. No, yeah. Yeah, no obviously. I feel like we have a close. Obviously. Well, anyway, <laughs> belittling the point here, I reached out to some friends, uh, one of them being our next guest. Uh, actor, comedian, host, extraordinaire, utility, DH, whatever you want to call him. It is a little difficult because he is a Husky. But after hearing about his experience as a Husky and what that means, I I give him a little slack in all this. Joel McHale joins us now from his plush palatial estate here in Los Angeles. Good morning, Joel. How are you? Uh, can you guys hold on? I'm talking to Peyton Manning. <laughs> We've been talking for hours. He has nothing to do. <laughs> he, just, he just will not. I mean, once you get him going, that man. Typical uh, Peyton. Typical talking. Peyton. Yeah, just won't stop talking. What's up, brother? How you doing this morning? Uh, I am well. I'm here in Studio City. And uh, it's so great to be talking to a coog. 
because I always like to talk to the uneducated. <laughs> it's been a problem for a long time. You know, it took me a while. I got a good, I got, you know, I went and got one of those Husky uh, educations when I was in prison. So it worked out better for everybody in this instance. <laughs> That's great. It's, uh, it's hard to make fun of Wazoo. Uh, wa- for all of you listening, Washington State University is not the University of Washington. Uh, Eastern Washington, everyone, everyone's like, oh, it's still in Washington. It's, it's like, like a different country. But Eastern Washington now is prime, prime, I mean, primo wine country now. And Wazoo has this great wine program, so it's very hard now to just say you guys are all just partying and uh, don't know where your pants are because you make great wine. Well, very- we, we, took what, we took what we were best at, and that's, you know, drinking, and turned it into a really honest-to-God profession for a lot of graduates there. So, you know, yeah. you know lemons, was- lemonade type of mentality, except maybe grapes, wine. There you yeah. go. Who would have thought there would be kids at Wazoo with huge plastic cups going, give me some more Sangiovese. <laughs> uh, it just, it just never, it never, I never thought it would happen, but, but here we are. Bledsoe, Bledsoe really turned this all around. Drew Bledsoe, who was the, uh, uh, you know, the quarterback ahead of me at Washington state, you know, when he got out of the business of football, he got into the wine business. And uh, that's, I think everybody's kind of taken, taken the lead from that and followed in, followed in his footsteps. So. It's very. He makes very good wine. Yes, I'm sure you saw that ESPN special. I don't know if it was a thirty for thirty, but it was a special on him. And he had such a great joke. He he was serving wine to the interviewer, and he just said, "If we keep drinking, I might start telling the truth." <laughs> great. Yeah, he yeah he did that with uh, Jeremy Shap, I think, with E60. Yeah, it was a neat little neat little and piece. Let, let me let me say everyone if you haven't listened to Ryan's podcast or the thing <laughs> that thing you sent me it is so riveting and so entertaining and uh I was listening to it while I was working out and I had to stop working out cuz I was so freaking engaged. I appreciate that, pal. By the way, uh I was I was going to ask you this question because you know, how do you feel when uh when random friends I'm not going to share who just randomly send you screenshots when uh, they come upon a show or a movie that you are in that they are watching. Hmm. Well, I am like a golden retriever when it comes to attention. Uh, that's one of the reasons I got into uh, the entertainment business because I am an extreme extrovert and I know it's really cool to brag about how introverted you are, but I, I receive energy when I'm around people uh, so when people send me those things, I get, uh, for the most part, I get excited. If it's something that, you know, I wasn't, I was like, oh, that, that wasn't the greatest. Then I'd be like, okay, well, maybe they'll come across something that I'm in that's good. Uh, but for the most part, it's, I'm, I'm definitely okay with it. So friends out there, just keep sending it. And uh, that means I know that when I get like a screenshot off of uh, television, that means I'm being paid. So that I, Ooh, I like that's a good point. It's a good point. By the way, I'll, you know, full full disclosure here. I I sent him a I was watching Ted, the original Ted mm-hmm. the other night. And all of a sudden Joel popped up on my screen and my wife and I are looking at it and I screenshotted him and one of the best lines of the movie is that he had a picture on his wall with him and Tom Skerritt and he just he points that out to Wahlberg's <laughs> yes, character. It's like that's yeah. me and Tom Skerritt, by the way. <laughs> yes. That's, by the way. That, that's that's some that's some great comedy. The Lance Armstrong testicle that I had, yes, that the character had, uh, <laughs> like dipped in gold. Yeah. 
Uh, all right, let's let's get into your uh, let's get into your hometown team a little bit, right? Uh, oh, everything's great. Uh, I really love. Well, if we're talking about the Seahawks, but I was going to say the Kraken. The yeah, no, I was going to say if we're talking about the Apple Cup, uh, boy, it was battle of the interim coaches. What? What? Uh, what? Oh man, that was uh, that was real. Hey, fun. it was it's it, it was bound to happen. I don't I don't take a ton of pleasure. I called the game. I was in the stadium that night. It, the first time I'd been back since I was in the stadium when we won it in '97. So, uh, you know, they had a tough year. They had a real tough year. They went out and got a good head coach. I think you're, I think you're going to be okay with with who they got. We'll see how it turns out. But I, for, as for the Apple Cup, uh, I didn't even think about texting you and trying to get us into some kind of. Uh, uh, we a little bit of wager or something like that, because I know what a big time griller and uh, meat eater you are, as am I. Yeah. That could have been a good steak night uh, oh, wager. All right. Well, that, let's make a let's make a date for next year. I mean, I'll forget about it, but let's say uh, <laughs> no matter where we are, let's try to uh, cook some large dead pieces of meat. And ironically enough, we live like four blocks from each other, so it should be pretty easy. It, it, yeah. Yeah. But I've turned my house into a uh, compound. Oh. I'm a cult now. It's a, it's a religious, so you're going to have to join. You're, you're going to need a robe. That's okay. That's okay. This last two years, I want to be a part of something anyway. Perfect. All right. All right, so what are we going to talk about? The Seahawks? Yeah. Or? Okay, so they were far from the playoffs, right? They had a tough year. Uh, how do they get back? Do they change everything, or do they ride it out? They made a big change this week by getting rid of Ken Norton, their defensive coordinator, but everybody – points and talks about Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson. I don't think either are going anywhere. I think they're both there. How do you think this thing shifts and changes? And is, is... I, I just love it when the panic button, I mean, it's so, <laughs> I, I mean, Seattle sports does this and I think most sports, but they're as soon like Russell has his finger almost torn off. Right. So he's out for quite a bit of the regular season and we don't do that great, but uh, there are obviously insanely good players. We, I think we've got all the parts, but people automatically go, well, we got to get rid of these people. And I think there's, I think they, I think people love talking, but we've only missed the playoffs twice since Pete's been there. He's a tremendous leader, as we know. And obviously Russell is an incredibly special quarterback. And I, I just go, I'm like, I keep looking around going like, What's the problem here, guys? We're going to be fine. And we ended the season very well. So I think um, I'm not that I'm not worried. And I think with a healthy Russell and with a better, I mean, we obviously have some very good defensive plays. I think we're fine. What do you think? Yeah, I'm agreement with you. I, I, I think that the, this is just about shuffling some pieces around. I don't think it's about a wholesale, you know, wrap it up and, and try it over again type of mentality. You, you, you just can't get rid of you know, generational quarterbacks, guys who've won championships. And I think fan bases and, and media members tend to just jump on something for the immediate satisfaction of what it is. And I think that that reflects our our whole uh, community at large in, in this country. Yeah. yeah. So it, it, it plays out in real time. And when you're doing a radio show like this and a TV show, yeah, it makes for great fodder and, 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 and big time fun. That's that's why we talk about it all the time. There's nothing I like better than watching the post-game press conferences and listening to sports writers trying to ask the same question 25 different ways. And I, it just drives me out of my mind. Again, if this is my biggest problem, then I have very good problems. But 
I, I yeah, it's like you're serving a dinner. And I'm, well, I burned the roll, so everybody go home. Yep. It's like, we watched it play out this week with uh, the likes of, of the Dallas Cowboys, right? Mike McCarthy needs to go. We looked at uh, uh, Kyler Murray's performance uh, and Cliff, Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury's performance on Monday night, and they're like, this Arizona Cardinals team is is in shambles and needs to go first time in the playoffs in forever. And so yeah. it, it's just reactionary. I get it. we got to talk about it. Luckily for us, we have some great NFL playoff games this weekend to get us through the through all that. Yeah, I am not. I hate when this – like this is my one of my favorite weekends, the next two weekends. I hate the time off before the Super Bowl, and the Super Bowl is obviously very fun. And then there's just that long – hard spring and most of the summer while we're waiting for football to come back. And uh, I, I, so like this next, this coming weekend is, is one of my favorites. Yeah. It's divisional weekend. Yeah. I'm very excited about the Oilers. (laughs) (laughs) I think a lot of people are. I think the Oilers are, the Oilers are one team I beat as a, as a starter in the NFL. So I'm, I'm very, I'm very hip to them as well. uh, Very excited about the LA Raiders and the St. Louis Rams. (laughs) What, uh, uh, are you going to do anything for Super Bowl? I mean, you are—you uh, pretty much do everything. Are you being asked to do any any things for the Super Bowl since it's here in Los Angeles? Uh, well, it, I, w- I have been asked to do a couple of things, and have I? I can't agree. I can't do any of them because I'll be in uh, Georgia where I'm working. Ah. And- uh, so yes, it kills me, and I wanted to. Well, let them know. Let them know that I'm I'm more than happy to fill in for you because I think you oh, know you'll, I th- you'll take my kids to the. You'll take my kids to the game? Yeah, of course. I'll take them. You know, I got a four-year-old. You know, we can we can make it work. I can I can do that. Yeah. If you want to trust them with me, that's up to you. But I'm more than willing. Yeah. If you're working down in Georgia, now, are are you going to the game? I have to go speak before the game, and I've never I've never stuck around for the game. The fact that oh. it's in my hometown that I'm living in at the time, if I'm if I'm given some seats where they're or it's comfortable seating, you know, I, I might be up to it. I just, I have a weird thing about watching football. I need to be like almost alone in, uh, with a big TV so I can just see everything that's going on and, and really uh, emotionally act out when things are, are going on during the game. It's just been a, the way I've experienced football my whole life. All right. So if you had your own luxury box and no one else was in there and all the lights were off and there was one monitor, you'd be fine. I'd be good. But I tell you right, if I'm willing to get a luxury box and be around people uh, uh, for this game, I'm I'm saying everybody out there, if there anybody's willing to give me a luxury box for my family and my friends for the Super Bowl, we're willing. We'll accept it. I was going to say, if you were just sitting in the regular stands, it might be a little odd. There, because you would just be approached by everybody all the time. We went to a we went to a Chargers game the other day and sat in in some seats down there. And, and yeah, when 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 I was leaving, uh, it, it got kind of. I think it's I think more or less it's it's it was for uh, uh, they just want some photos, you know. And I yeah. I get it, I get it. But uh, hey, and buddy, you them, are you a photo taker, or do you give them the moment, or do you like? I'm a photo hey, I'm taker. I'll do it. I feel I, I, it's humbling. It's humbling. I don't know. I'm not as recognizable as let's say you. Uh, and I, I, it hasn't it hasn't lost its luster yet. I think it's uh, incredibly humbling uh, to be asked to have a picture with me now. I agree. You're not as recognizable, but still, man. <laughs> it's still cool. That right? dude's just huge. They just go that. 
And I don't realize how big I am until I see those pictures. All right, man. We're up against it here. I wanted to thank you personally for, for agreeing to do this. Uh, you're the best. Uh, you've been a good friend here uh, to me in Los Angeles, and I appreciate you taking the time. Have a wonderful uh, new year, and, uh, and uh, take care of that family. Well, you're very nice. Listen to Ryan's podcast, you guys. It's amazing. And uh, he's the nicest and one of the smartest people that have ever come out of Washington State University, which is saying almost nothing. <laughs> he tries his best, everybody. Joe McHale. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Thank you. Hey, Joe. Go that- Seahawks. Go Huskies. He had to throw that in there at the end. A little uh, Russell Wilson. Uh, Russell Wilson Alec. Go Hawks. Yep. Uh, he's great. I've met some really neat people here in this town um, that have kind of built me up and carried me through it, uh, a lot of it. Uh, He's been one of them. Just, you know, living a public life in Los Angeles is is hard, uh, especially when you have a lot of past and negativity. And there's been a lot of people, you guys in this room and others, that have brought along. So, But when we come back, we're going to get more into the divisional playoff season. Let's do it. This is the Rich Eisen Show. I'm Ryan Leaf. We'll be right back. So, Joel McHale there, guys. You could be Joel's stand-in, I think. Well, that's why I told him. I said if you yeah. had to do anything for the Super Bowl that you couldn't do, I looked at myself in the picture, and they showed a side-by-side picture, and I'm, I'm like, with the weight loss now, I we have similar statures. He's 6'4", right? Yeah, he's yeah, very, he's, he's, he's he's very he's tall dude. and very shredded. I don't think he's... Yeah, he's, he's, he's definitely more shredded like than I am. 12 years, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, if, if you know any of those um, endorsers or people asking Joe McHale to host anything during the Super Bowl, and he can't. More than happy to do it. More than happy to do it. Um, it's totally fair and, and very magnanimous of you. Very, very big of you. Yeah. <laughs> Step in. You know, it's the uh, yeah. it's the humility part of uh, of of the recovery program I lead. <laughs> Make it about me, but not completely about me. Uh, no, like, he's been great, right? Um, like I said, I reached out to a bunch of guys when I get asked. Every time, I'm going to put this out there again, every time I get asked to host, I ask the bookers to reach out to Will Farrell's guys, right? Because, again, this year, calling games, tons of comments. Why is Will Farrell calling this uh, Oklahoma State-Kansas State game? So funny. I, I guess I'm, you don't hear it. I don't hear it. A yeah, lot of people don't, hear, don't it. hear it. And then there's some people that just flat out hear it. Now, if I'm doing a Ron Burgundy, like if I if I go into Ron Burgundy and be like, uh, right. you know, Merlin Olson comes over to my house and my library smells of rich mahogany. Right. You know, <laughs> I have many leather bound books. I have many leather bound books. <laughs> I want to be on you. I, I want to be on you. I want to be on you. Um. You know, I think diversity is an old wooden ship. Ron, <laughs> I don't think diversity is an old wooden ship. Ah, whatever. <laughs> That's the guest we want. That's the guest we want. And then what we do is we'll do a blind taste test for everybody. We'll right. have us say lines, right. and then you decide whether Will Ferrell, Ryan Leaf. If you hear that, Will, I know you're watching the show religiously. Um, come on the show next time I'm on. It'll be yeah. a, lot of, a lot of fun. Uh, my boy Justin Hartley yep. from This Is Us. He had to film today, otherwise he would have he would have jumped on with it. They're filming their final season of right, that show. Right, I've seen the ads for that. Yeah, um, he he was supposed to go TJ uh, curling. Were we going to go curling with Justin Hartley? Yeah, before the world A flipped couple, upside yeah, yeah. down. This was, this yeah. was years ago yeah. before everything shut down. But. Well, By the way, do you watch This Is Us? I haven't in a while. Man, it's it's so good I had to stop. It made it's, me sad it's, it's every deep. episode. Yeah, heavy, heavy. 
We'll be right back with that one. (laughs) 